John McGlynn, Commissioner Evaluation. We are doing a four-part series of uh, offensive players, skill position, quarterback, uh, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends. Uh, these are We're using the scoring from my Mighty McGlynn home leagues that me and JT are part of. JT, what do you think about this league? What do you think about the scoring? What do you think the scoring? Uh, are you happy with it? Yeah, I liked uh, the first year. My team did not uh, play well, but I liked the system. I liked the you know you the way you do the home league and divisions. It's kind of cool. It's something a little bit different. Um, again, my team was terrible this year, but I'm excited because I actually went back and looked at my roster, and I feel like I actually have a really solid roster, uh, despite the fact that I traded you Trey McBride. We'll talk about that in the tight end episode later on, but I, I like the scoring. I, I, I think you got a lot of bonuses. It's a high-scoring league. I prefer high-scoring leagues, so uh, especially running backs. I think you did a real nice job of making that position uh, worthwhile. I'm excited to talk about running backs. Some of my favorite players in the game is an ex-running back Myself, I always have a little love for the running backs. I thought it was funny. My team did not do well. Like, like it was a dog or something. Like you, like you trained it to do well, or you know, <laughs> you do the best you can. It, it is what it is, man. It's 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 just how it happens. So, ah, uh, so I, I felt a, like as a GM, I drafted well, but uh, the product on the field just didn't show up. I felt like I drafted garbage, and my team was garbage. So I rebuilt the whole thing right from the get go. Two weeks into us, you know, <laughs> after a startup draft, I just blew up the whole thing. I threw a grenade inside the the tank, and that was it for me. So, yeah, but uh, this league for running backs, our MVP, which is pretty much the MVP for almost every fantasy football league on earth, uh, was at the running back position was um, – well, who did you have? Oh, Chris McCaffrey, running back, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, anybody who will listen on X, I have been touting him for actual real-life league MVP. Uh, I, everyone's like, well, it's going to go to a quarterback. And I'm like, I know, that's ridiculous. They should call it the quarterback MVP award. Instead of league MVP, if the only person allowed to win it is a quarterback, I think it's ridiculous. Right. Um, I'm going to give my little two second spiel here, more than two seconds. But Christian McCaffrey had by far the best season of any player, fantasy wise, bar none, the best season for his position. Uh, he absolutely smoked everyone else. He was the most valuable player in fantasy this year. And I think he was the actual most valuable player in the NFL this year. The top two candidates right now, and most people ballots are Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. Dak had a little more successful season stats. Lamar had a good year. He just happens to be on the best team, but they had a great defense. I don't think Lamar's stats were all that great. I think he had a solid year, but not MVP worthy. If they weren't 13 and four, I don't even think he'd be in the conversation. I think it's CMC. If any year someone other than a quarterback should win it, I think this is the year. I know people act like quarter running backs are just super interchangeable and just anyone can be thrown in and be good. 
that's not the case. I don't think so. CMC was a cut above everyone this year by far, and I know the Niners were good, but if we want to talk about the best player on the best team, shouldn't go to CMC. He was the best player on the best team. I know some people talked up Purdy, but I don't care what you say. They still have the same record to me if Darnold's in there are very similar. CMC was the best player in that total offense. Uh, the rest of those guys are good, but CMC was the man, absolutely the man, deserves the MVP. If this was the 90s, I'm telling you, CMC would win the MVP this year, hands down, running away. If this was the late 90s, early 2000s, CMC is league MVP. He's my fancy MVP. I mean, he scored 536 fantasy ball points in our league, which I'll get to the scoring in a second, but the second was Travis Etienne with 382 points. That's 150 more points than the second place guy. 150 more points. I mean, that, if that is say, complete if that, domination. If that doesn't say MVP all over it, I mean, I, that's ridiculous how he didn't win the MVP. But our scoring is six points for a rushing touchdown, one point, one full point for a rushing first down, two point conversion is two points. Rushing for every rushing attempt, you get point one. So every 10 attempts is a full point. A, a 50 plus yard rushing bonus is two points. And then we get to these, uh, you know, even though we're, we'll talk about receivers uh, at a next episode, but it is uh, for wide receivers, it's a 0.5, but for running backs, it's a full point and tight ends, it's, it's a 1.5. So reception for running back is, is a half point more than a wide receiver would get. Uh, and then, you know, receiving touchdowns are six points, which CMC got a lot of uh, receiving first downs are 0.5 for um, running backs also. And, uh, there is, let's see, here are the bonus stats, which you also get for rushing, receiving, uh, rushing for a hundred yard game, you get four points for a 200 yard rushing game. You get eight points, which happened a couple times this year, but it's, I, I, it's a big accomplishment. So I think you should get a lot 200 of, yards is a ton for, yeah. for a running back in the NFL. Uh, same thing with a hundred yard receiving yard is four points. Uh, and a 200 yard receiving game is eight points, which, you know, running backs, are probably they get 100 yards sometimes, but 200 yards, you know, not, if it happens, it happens. But those are the receiving uh, stats we have. And then uh, for carries, every 20 carries, you get an extra two points. So you get the points on top, your regular points for for that kind of stuff. And then you get 20 carries, gets you an extra two points. Which when you're a well, when you're a bell cow back, you know, the, those are stats you, you got. They're not huge, but it's just an extra two points for for running backs, which McCaffrey got sometimes. So uh, that's. Those are our scoring systems. So, with the scoring system we have, we are our, our 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 tier one, or I guess our our top twelve running backs, the running back ones in our system because it's twelve team league. The top twelve is CMC five thirty six, Travis Etienne three eighty two, Brees Hall three eighty one, Kyron Williams three seventy two, Rashad White three sixty four, Joe Mixon three fifty eight, Derrick Henry three fifty five, Raheem Mostert three forty two, Bijan Robinson. I didn't write that down. I'll get back to that. Uh, James Cook, 330, Saquon, 312, and Tony Pollard, 311. So Bijan had 339. 339, so he's right behind Mostert. But this is the one big – it's CMC, and then there's a big clump of everybody else after him, like, you know, the the, the top, the bottom 11, who are within, you know, 60 points of each other from number two all the way to number 12. So, I mean, CMC just destroyed this position this year. Uh, this is a high-scoring league, as most leagues are. You usually are – quarterback heavy you know if you look at overall scoring usually it's all filled top 10 are all 
quarterbacks and then you get your position players to tell you how many points CMC was and how far ahead he was of everyone else. He was the number four scorer overall in the league. Number four behind only Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Dak Prescott with high quarterback scoring. He was only three points and he sat the last game. Didn't even play the final week. Ended up averaging more points per game than Dak Prescott, who led the league in touchdown passes. If that tells you anything, he was 15 points behind Jalen Hurts, and then he was seven, 80 points behind Josh Allen, who Josh Allen was, you know, 60 points ahead of Jalen Hurts, who was number two. So Josh Allen, obviously, who was our MVP for quarterbacks this year, that tells you how high CMC was. He outscored Lamar by 50 points. He outscored Jordan Love, Patrick Mahomes. He outscored Patrick Mahomes by almost 70 points. Uh, It's just crazy. Brock Purdy, who everyone's saying MVP is his quarterback, had 439. He had 536. So you outscored him by a good 50 points. Outscored Tua, who led the league in passing yards. Baker Mayfield, Stroud, Trevor Lawrence. The next highest Position player outside of QB was CD Lamb at 14 with 415 points and Tyreek Hill at number 15 with 401 points. It's amazing. He had over 100 points more than either of those top end wide receivers, which 400 point season is a monster year for a wideout, especially in this league. We do first downs, we do bonuses, points, we do all that, but we only do half point PPR or no, we do, uh, it's a half, half point for wide receiver point? and one one full and for point for running, running backs. Yeah, so half point uh, PPR running back or for wide receiver getting four hundred points is a ton. Yeah. Next after those two guys, then you got to Etienne as and Brees Hall at number twenty and twenty one. That's the absolute domination of CMC this year. Just unbelievable player. He's my man crush. He's my favorite player. That's not a player on one of my teams. I absolutely love CMC. So that's why I'm gushing about him, especially very few running backs have ever had a second RB one season. He did it five years ago for the Panthers. Five years later, he comes back and has not only an RB one season, but an absolute dominant RB one season. Same as when he had in 2019 for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, yeah. I mean, he surprised everybody, I, you know. But uh, it's just it's amazing how much he did about everybody else. But who else surprised you this year besides besides CMC? And you know, like I said, a lot of these guys are all kind of bunched up after. But who else in this in out of the running backs surprised you this year with with uh, players that you did not think were going to meet these expectations? All right, so I'm going to go two surprises. I'm going to go good surprises, guys that had a good year, guys that I you know you know, didn't necessarily see coming. And I'm going to go bad surprises, guys that were really good that I was out on that I totally whiffed on. Cause I want to be, you know, fair here. I don't want to talk about just the good hits. The, the guys I like the two guys I absolutely whiffed on in drafts preseason. I didn't think we're going to be good. I was selling everywhere that just absolutely made me look like a fool. Rashad white of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and James Cook of the Buffalo Bills. I did not see RB1 in those guys. I did not see them being 
all every down backs. I thought they were solid players. I just didn't see them being huge fancy assets. Rashad White finishes RB5. James finishes RB10. Great season out of both those guys. If you have them, you're probably super stoked about it. They prove that they can play. That probably means they're not going to get a lot of competition moving forward, at least in the next year or two. I whiffed on those guys big time. Huge surprises for me. I didn't see it coming from either one of those guys. And, and I, I'm sad to say I didn't have them on any team because of that. Hmm. I drafted Rashad White 809 in this draft, uh, pick round eight, pick 09. And I thought he was going to be pretty good. As the season started, man, he could not get through the line of scrimmage. His running was absolutely terrible. And they blamed the offensive line. They blamed, you know, the, the, the playbook calling. They blamed Baker Mayfield. They, they blamed everything. And, you know, I'm like, all right, this guy's going to catch a ton of passes. We all knew that. And it's a full point for, for receptions for running backs. So I, I was fine. I was, I was okay to, to, to just take a, a running back that catches tons of passes. Halfway through the season, he started finding holes in the line of scrimmage. Now he's running. He's running 100 yards. He's catching five, six, seven balls a game. It's like, man, I, 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 I traded him away. I traded him earlier in the season. I traded to Tim George. I got. I traded away Deontay John. I traded uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, Antonio Gibson, Rashad White. I traded him away. I got Singletary, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Daniel Bellinger, Keishon Butte, and first, second, third, fourth, and fifth pick from him. So I got an entire year's draft from from uh, the guy who won. So it's all pick 12. But Deontay Johnson, Antonio Gibson, Rashad White was a league winner this year. I think that it, 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 it put him over the top having Rashad White. And I don't think... Not that not that he wouldn't have won the Super Bowl anyway, but having Rashad White do what he did and what he traded to get these guys, that's fine. But Rashad White surprised the shit out of me this year. I had no idea he was going to be what he was. And I, I think he surprised everybody because I think everybody thought he was just a receiving back and he wouldn't be able to do workhorse horse load, which I don't think he's you know the, the long-term solution at running back. I don't think there's many, many running backs that are long-term solutions. He's still only 24 years old. He's, I mean, he, oh, he's 25 now. He just turned 25, but... uh. I just he surprised me. I, I think he's got another like a good season left in him. He's six foot two fourteen. He's got good size, but I don't I don't think he's had this workload before where he it, where he'll be able to sustain this this workload ability. I don't think he's built that way. You know, I I know it says six foot two fourteen. That's that's a magic number. Anything over two hundred twelve pounds is work is supposed to be like the the magic number for running backs. But I'm not sure that Rashad White will be able to keep this up. They're going to bring somebody else in that'll be like an early down plotter and he'll be receiving back. But still, that's still very, very, very valuable in a PPR, a PPR league where you're getting a full point at the running back position, a half point for every catch over wide receivers. And he's catching the ball as much as wide receivers are. So uh, he, he surprised the shit out of me. Another one that surprised the shit out of me was Brian Robinson. I, I Like I said, I, I had Antonio Gibson everywhere. I, I drafted him everywhere. I love the guy. I think I, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not sure what he's going to be. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to have the vision between the tackles, uh, be a between the tackles guy. But Brian Robinson came out, didn't look. You could see the difference between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson on the field. Brian Robinson runs straight. He runs hard. He's you know he catches the ball a lot better this year. Antonio Gibson's like a pinball machine. He's so much quicker than Brian Robinson is. But Ryan Robinson was able to use his speed, his size, and his catching ability to become, uh, you know, a lot better running back than I expected this season. What did you think about 
like Brian Robinson and, and you know we already yeah, talked about Rashad White. I, Robinson was a guy I was out on too. I didn't have Robinson anywhere. I thought there's at some point this guy's going to get replaced. Um, I just I didn't love him coming into the league. I just thought he was another back. Um, he played way better than I thought he would. Just like you said, I he he ended up being in this league a low end, very low end RB two, but in a season where RB was super hard to come by, RB two was good enough. You know, having him as an RB two or a flex play, you know, he was a guy you were putting pretty much putting in your lineup every week, and where you drafted him to get him as an RB two is just great output for what you had to invest in him. Super shocked with what he did. Um, we'll see if he can keep doing that moving forward. Uh, again, a guy I don't own any of, I just did not believe, and he was much better than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- now guys who disappointed us, uh, these are running backs, uh, people. Who well, before we jump in the disappointing, I'm going to talk about just a couple more guys that were surprises to me that were good surprises. I talked about how I missed on Rashad White. I missed, you know, on James Cook guys that I did like. And that were suit. I think the biggest surprise for everyone, and this is you know me included. I think for the league, the number one surprise player was Kyron Williams, running back, Los Angeles Rams. Just the Notre Dame product. People really liked him coming out as a rookie. He tested terrible at the combine, fell far in drafts. People kind of lost, you know, on him. They were like, "Yeah, this guy's never going to be he's slower. He's super slow. He's smaller than we thought. He's just not going to be able to make in the NFL." Not a lot of people thought he was going to get a lot of carries coming into the season, and he absolutely was dominant when he played. He was he was the second best running back in the league behind CMC, which is saying a lot if you look at his points per game. He actually ended up finishing RB4 with 372 points a game. He was number two in average per game with 31 a game behind CMC's 36 and he missed five games. That's incredible. Averaged 31 points a game when he played, missed five games, and still ended up as RB4 is absolutely incredible. And he was 10 points away, 10 from being RB2 behind CMC for the whole year, and he missed five games. By far the biggest surprise of the year, Kyron Williams. Absolutely shocker of the season he put together. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big... I think everybody had Kyron Williams uh, pretty high in their draft board, and as soon as he ran that 40 time, it was like, ah. Uh, and it just he just shows fell you, off like, the cliff. He just, just fell off the cliff because people are like, oh, my God, he can't. he's so slow. But he showed if you can run hard behind, between the tackles, not a lot of guys are breaking 70, 80 yards in this league, even if they're fast. It's just not happening. And so he was able to run hard between the tackles. The The Rams really started to believe in him, and they just kind of went with him. Once he started, he got that starting job. They just leaned on him, leaned on him, leaned on him, and he showed you don't got to bust out 20, 40-yard plays to be successful running back. And, uh, you know, I was, I was super surprised. I had him as a free agent pickup in a couple redraft leagues that he was great in. Um don't have him in Dynasty. Wish I did. It's going to be interesting to see what the cost in the offseason ends up being for him. Yeah, like guys like Ken Walker who just break, you know, break these long runs and stuff. That's fine. But Kyron's just doing everything. You know, he's between the tackles, catching the ball, the whole deal. I, I, super surprised. I knew he was good. 
I, you know, but I'm not going to never pat my, I'm not going to break my arm, pat myself on the back here trying to say that I, I knew this stuff because I'm a Notre Dame fan. I like Kyron Williams. I, I just, how long can you hold a guy for before he's not doing anything? You're like, okay, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. Yep. And all of a sudden he gets his opportunity like that. I mean, it just shows you like, he just got to, you know, trust the process is what they say. And if you trust the process with Kyron Williams, man, look at next year, people are talking about, he's in the, he's in the first round startup, like round one of a startup next year is Kyron Williams at the end of it. That's a, that's crazy talk. Like if you said at the beginning of this year, people laugh at you. Now it's like, you got to be kidding me. This guy's that good. Yeah, another guy I want to jump in and just kind of mention real quick is um, David Montgomery, running back Detroit Lions. People kind of left him for dead when they drafted Jameer Gibbs in the first round this year. They said Monty's out. You know, the Bears let him go to Detroit. People were out on him. I still was collecting him. I had him on a lot of leagues. I, I actually liked the move. I thought he – nice offense there in Detroit. I thought he was going to be a solid player. Uh, that you could get for a decent pro- uh, price on a trade or in, in a startup. I really liked him. I took him in a ton of leagues. Jameer Gibbs was, we'll talk about him a little more when we talk about rookies, but while he cut in, cut into his production a little bit, even after missing three games, David Montgomery was, was solid. He was 13th in the league in points per game. So just missed that RB one and he missed three games. So really, he was an RB one as long as he was healthy. He averaged right around twenty-one points a game with Gibbs, the backup behind him, finished sixteenth with twenty point seven points a game, just point four behind him. People were out on Monty. They showed that you could do it with both running backs. If you were smart enough to draft Monty or hold Monty, I think you you were really happy with what you got out of him this year. As, as he actually crushed the start of the season, got a little banged up, came back, was pretty good. Wasn't quite as high at the end of the year, but still was good throughout. Uh, he was just, he was one of my really nice surprises and a guy that I was on preseason. He had a touchdown in almost every game he played. I mean, if you were to take, there's only three games that he did not score touchdowns yes. in. And one game he had three touchdowns. So yeah. it's pretty much for the most part, he's averaging a touchdown a game. For, as a running, I mean, back. he he was a sit. And, I mean, he was a sit or a start, and don't think about it every week. If he so, was healthy, he's playing. You got to set him, play him, no matter what. Uh, I, and I've, I've I've been a Monty guy. I loved him coming out of college. You know, people were kind of down on him. He's only twenty six still. Mm-hmm. You know, feel like he's been in the league because he's been in the league five years. But the guy's got a couple good years left, and in this good offense, I like Monty a lot. Uh, ooh, uh, what's the comment we got from Chris B here? He needed a lot to go his way. Talented at Notre Dame. Only worries that the Rams bring in one or two guys that sink his value. His draft value is just too pricey for me at the moment. Yeah, he's talking about Kyron Williams. I yes. I agree with him. It, it, depending on where he goes to start, he he's probably going to be too expensive for me. Uh, I, I totally agree. I, I saw uh, someone posted the other day that the Rams, they had drafted a running back, and I think it was eight straight drafts. So they're going to draft a running back again. You know what's going to happen. But can Kyron hold him off? If he, I think he could. I mean, the way he played, um, you know, they got some talented rookies. People thought, thought we're going to get some looks over him. He ended up winning that job. I think they stick with him. But as Chris said, I, I think his price, if you don't have him, his price to acquire might end up being too high for me. But he was a, just an absolutely phenomenal surprise uh, this year. Yes, absolutely. Very much so. Uh, so those are the players that surprised us. Which players disappointed you? Uh, uh, I'll let you go first on this one, JT. 
Uh, yeah. So the disappointments, you know, it, running back was tough this year. A ton of injuries. It was hard to get guys that were bell cow backs. So you don't want to just totally rip on guys. But some of the guys you you had a, probably a pretty high uh, uh, investment in, and that just didn't come through for you. I for me was number one was Austin Eckler, Sandy, uh, Los Angeles. Sorry, not Sandy, Los Angeles Chargers. He finishes RB twenty nine as he's been one of the top running backs in fantasy the last couple of years. Finishes RB twenty nine. And to, to look, the players that finish right around him at RB29, RB30, right in that range, Gus Edwards, Zach Moss, and Ezekiel Elliott. So that is where he was at. Now, I would say those three guys actually had way better seasons than people would have anticipated. So that tells you something. When he's in the range of guys that you're like, oh, they actually gave me some solid production. I like what I got him out as a flex play. and your supposed RB one top five finishes around those guys. To me, that's a problem. That's a disappointment. Uh, it just Eckler is already now 29. I, to me, that's, that's an issue. I, uh, I just thought he had a down year. And then the other guy I'll bring up that I thought I didn't expect a lot out of him, but I didn't expect him to completely fall off the face of the earth. Miles Sanders running back Carolina Panthers had his career year last year for the Eagles. Absolutely set every record for him. He signs with the Panthers, a rookie QB. You figure they're going to pound the rock with Frank Reich. They want to get, you know, Bryce Young comfortable. Miles Sanders is going to get a ton of carries. He's going to be in the mix. Even if he's not super productive, he's going to get you some points. Uh, had only his only top 12 finish of the year was week three. And guess how many rushing yards he had? You'll never guess, John. 24 yards rushing, five catches for 38 yards, and he scored his only touchdown of the season in that game. That was his only RB1 game. After that, he didn't have any game, even remotely RB1, RB2, the rest of the year. Woof. I mean, it was brutal. He, uh, I mean, he was around RB 50 in fantasy this year. He was damn near unplayable. I mean, you could not put him in your lineup unless you were bye weeks and you just had to throw someone in there. He scored a third, one third of the amount of points he scored last season this year. A third. That's terrible. I mean, Miles Sanders off the board, got replaced by Chuba Hubbard uh, pretty much. Early in the season, uh, he was just a massive, massive disappointment. Terrible. Yes, that is the word that is used for Miles Sanders. Terrible. Uh, my disappointments were Ramadre Stevenson. I made a trade a year and a, uh, probably a year ago or so where I traded away Jared Goff to get Ramadre Stevenson. I got Ramadre Stevenson like a second round pick for Jared Goff, something like that. And as much as I do like Stevenson, especially as a pass catcher, a big pass catcher, you know, out of the backfield kind of thing. I mean, he's 227 pounds. He runs pretty well. He's a big dude. He's His he, injury started, like, accumulating this year. And I was like, come on, man. Like, I mean, his snap percentage was in the 70s, 60s most of the season, which was pretty good. But most of, most of you're looking at, like, 10, 8, 3, 11, 6. Some of the fantasy games he saw, he had – only a handful of games in 
in the top. He had two games in the top, three games in the top ten. Uh, barely made it in in week twelve versus the Giants. But other than that, he was running back in the thirties. You know, a handful of weeks, one, two, three, four, four weeks in the top twenty-five. Uh, but I mean, other than that, I, I just I expected so much more from Ramondre Stevenson this year, and, and I to, to lose Jared Goff in the Superflex League for a running back, which I was stacked at at quarterback, so I, and I needed to make a move for a running back. But man, I wish I would have not made that move right now, and, and I don't know what the future holds without Bill Belichick being in New England anymore. I'm not sure if Ramondre Stevenson's going to be a bell cow. What the, what's going to happen with uh, you know Patriots running running back stable? What he's going to do? I imagine Ramondre is going to have an extended career because of his pass catching, but. I, I just don't see uh, – I, I really expected this to be like one of the humongous Ramondre Stevenson years where he scores tons of points and people would be drooling to get him off my team and I'd be able to trade him for, you know, a younger running back or some other position somewhere. And now he's like, you know, he's untradeable right now almost because you're not getting shit for him, what you should get for him anyway. If somebody offered you Ramondre Stevenson right now, what would, I mean, I think he's a buy candle. We'll get to that later. But what would you pay to get – to import Roger Stevenson on your team right now, JT. It, it depends on how desperate I am at running back. I still think he probably brings you a mid to late second. But, I mean, he was a guy people were asking for first and more, you know, last year for him. I mean, he did miss five games, so that hurt his overall production. He missed five games at the end uh, of the year. But still, like you said, even before those five games, he was just – he wasn't terrible, but he was on a team that you expected that they needed everything from him on offense, and they were going to feed him, feed him, feed him with a bad QB play. And he like he was low in RB two most of the year. Like you said, he had three top uh, ten finishes at, at running back, but even you know those were by far his best weeks. Other than that, he literally was low in RB two which isn't horrible, but where you had to draft him or whatever cost you had to get him, you just, you needed more than RB two out of him, And so I agree with you there. He just, it, you're hoping he has a bounce back, maybe offense. They can figure out the QB role. Um, I would take him for the right price, but man, I would not be, I would not be springing to overpay for him uh, at this point seeing what happened this year especially when they brought in the guy like zeke elliott who everybody thought was washed and he came in and outperformed him i was like come on man like this how's yeah. this happening what kind of bizarre world is this where zeke elliott comes in and does what madre is supposed to be doing on this team yeah i i agree i mean zeke was one of the nice surprises uh you know if you get you took zeke you got him dirt cheap and he actually was a flex play or during the bye weeks and injury real weeks he was actually an rb2 for you some weeks so yeah, Stevenson, like I said, not an overall horrible season, but just not where you drafted him. He ended up finishing 36th in our league in scoring, just scored over 200 points. Like we said, did miss five games with the injury. But you look like a guy like Tyler Algier, who was technically the backup to Bijan Robinson this year. Now, granted, he out-touched him in quite a few games this year. But Tyler Algier you know, played the whole season, so granted, he didn't miss games. But he only... The only difference was six points this season. Yeah. Crazy. And I mean, then, so he was basically scoring a round backup, you know, where a lot of the guys that were backups were secondary guys on their team. He scored in that range. He was right in that, you know, he actually had less points than Zeke. You know, he had less points than Zach Moss, less points than Gus Edwards, you know. So it's again, he, 
those, I mean, oh, you just you need so much more out of him than that. Yeah, and then my other one is Antonio Gibson. No, you know, anytime he had less than you know a top five performance, which in my heart, in my mind, I think Antonio Gibson is the best thing that ever happened since sliced bread. But uh, I just to finish as RB forty one this year. I mean, it's it's a contract year, and I'm kind of happy about that because I want him to go somewhere else where he's actually used better. But at the end of the season, like, I mean, you're using. Chris Rodriguez and and guys like that who are I, I don't know I don't even know how to like it it baffles me to try and like say that Chris Rodriguez and, and Brian Robinson are better running backs than Antonio Gibson it, it, especially Chris Rodriguez I didn't like him at all coming out of school I was not I was not a Rodriguez fan and uh, I just feel like Gibson could have been so much better if he had the opportunity and I'm so happy that he's going to go somewhere else if he goes to a high flying offense that throws the ball out of the backfield like. You could put him on so many teams right now and be like, God, this guy, where was he at the last four or five years? What the hell's wrong with Ron Rivera? I could just see that happening to Antonio Gibson next year. Well, I mean, he's probably a buy low right now, but where, where do you think Antonio Gibson can go next year that would just people be drooling over him showing up in camp being a, uh, you know, the, the number one RB or or the uh, like the passing down RB somewhere? Uh, what, what teams would be a running back media could use a guy like Antonio Gibson? I feel like he could fit in a lot of teams. I really yeah. do. Now it depends on you know where the draft, where some of these guys move, free agency stuff. But I I really think he's one of those guys that could fit. He he's not dependent on a certain system to be good. He just needs some touches. They just got to give him the ball. I mean, it was he had two twenty point games, and he had more single digit scoring games than double digit scoring games this year. It was just brutal. brutal. And we've seen it. He's got talent. Ron Rivera seemed to hate him. He did have some fumble issues occasionally, and it seemed like the second he put the ball on the ground, he never got back into games or was down for a game or two. Um, I think he could fit in a lot of spots. I, I'm like you. I hope he gets a shot, but he, yeah. I was hoping he was going to burst bust out. I was taking Gibson everywhere and not taking Brian Robinson because I thought Gibson would be the guy to have, and obviously we were both wrong on that this year. What if they would have let him go and he actually ended up like on the Bills before, you know, the, the, and, or like the Ravens or, you know, a team that throws the ball a lot like, out of the backfield to like, players? What if he ended up on the Chiefs, you know, or a dump off pass? I think he would the, be fantastic on the Chiefs. Um, the Ravens, he would even work. I mean, he's a better player than Justice Hill, and Justice Hill looked pretty good for the Ravens, you know, in a limited role. Um, I mean, I think he's even, I, I don't think he's fully. You know, what if he goes to Chargers next year and takes over? That's what I was just, I was just going to say that. I was like, I don't think he's quite Austin Eckler. I don't think he's not. I think he could be. I think he could be on the right team in the right situation where they use him. A team like the Chargers. I think he could be, you know, do I think he finishes RB one like Eckler did a couple times? Probably not. But is he closer to an RB one? I think so. I think he would have a shot at it. So I, I, I agree. I think the talent's there. If he's the right situation, I think he's a guy that could 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 be pretty good. Obviously, running back was kind of a crazy situation. We tried to avoid guys that were injury riddled. You know, obviously, if you had a guy like Jonathan Taylor, you were disappointed because he missed a bunch of games. But when he actually did play, he actually was pretty good. So we kind of tried to avoid those guys. Same thing like a guy like Aaron Jones, when he did play, he pretty much produced, but he just missed a lot of time. Um, 
Yeah. And, you know, that hurt those guys overall production for the year because of the injuries. Uh, but when they were in there, they were, they were pretty good. So, uh, you know, kind of in case people are like, Oh, why don't you mention mentioning those guys? I mean, Josh Jacobs was mentioned earlier, uh, uh, by one of the viewers that he was a big disappointment for him. Now he did miss the final four games of the year. Josh Jacobs wasn't terrible, but he wasn't Josh Jacobs that led the league in scoring, you know, as a running back last year. So I think, again, you got to take some of this with a grain of salt. If you took Josh Jacobs in the first round of your draft, you were probably pretty disappointed. In him. If you've yeah. been sitting on for a while, you know, was he terrible this year? No, not by any means. He finishes RB 25. I'm looking at our, our stats right now. He finishes RB 25 in our league and per average wise, he was much average wise. He was 18. So he averaged just under 20 points a game, which he was 0.1 points behind Bijan Robinson. Well, I think people also would say was slightly disappointing. But then also, if you look at it, he averaged 0.4 points more than James Cook. And I guarantee you, everybody that had James Cook was super bumped about having James Cook averaging almost 20 points a game. Right. But people were disappointed that Josh Jacobs averaged 20 points a game. So I think it's just sometimes you have to look at that context of was he terrible this year? No, but he wasn't winning you weeks with 35, 40 point weeks like he did last year. And so I think, you know, he was still RB2, just, at, you know, not too far outside of RB1, especially if he wouldn't have got hurt overall. But you probably spent a heck of a lot more money on Josh Jacobs than you did on James Cook. Just because Josh Jacobs had so many, he had a couple monster monster games like like 80 points in our league kind of oh like he had some game. huge games last year yeah and i think the end of this year what happened was he, he had contractitis because he knew you know he didn't want to you know if having anything going on with your knee is bad for running back but this guy's playing for a contract he's not going to play hurts yeah he was on he that one year when he was kind of banged up and they were basically it looked like they weren't going to miss the playoffs you know again he's been in the league for a while but he's pretty young people forget they think he's a lot older than he is he's only 25 he came in the league at 20 years old. So even though he's been in the league for five years, he's only 25. I still think he's got, I think he's got a good, I know 28 is that, that cutoff where everybody says that's where everybody goes down. No, I still think he's got a good three years left in him if he's on a good team. So I like Josh Jacobs. You know, if you find an owner that's disappointed in the season last year and with the off season, do they, you know, franchise tag him again? Or do the Raiders actually sign him or do they move him? That's the question, but he could be, he could, you know, we'll talk about it later, but he could be a, a buy. Absolutely. He's a buy. He's a, absolutely. Absolutely. He's a buy. I mean, he's had, what is he? I, he's had five like RB one seasons. I think, you know, I mean, I, I, guy's amazing, you know? So what is he? Oh no. One, two, three. Now he just one, two, he had three RB one seasons and, and three, uh, RB two seasons, so that's a high RB two seasons. And again, he was an RB two this year. Uh, you just a lot of people thought he was going to be a top five back, and if that if you didn't get top five, and that's what you bought him at, then you were disappointed. But I, I don't think he was a huge disappointment overall. He just didn't produce at the exactly high end that you thought he was going to. But I think you could say that about most running backs this year. Yeah. And I don't, there's not a really good incoming rookie draft class coming in this year for running backs. So this is the time to buy these guys now because people who are, haven't been doing a lot of draft research 
are probably like, oh, yeah, I'll just move on and get somebody else. And there's not Josh Jacobs coming in this year's draft. So, yeah, it's going to be a pretty thin running back draft. And I just don't think you're going to see a lot of uh, high draft capital this right. year in, in the draft. So I think you're going to see a lot of people taking dart throws at, guy, at guys that got drafted the fourth, fifth, sixth round of the NFL draft. People are going to take, take dart throws in the third, fourth, fifth round of their rookie drafts, but you're not going to see a lot of running backs going first, second round this year in fantasy drafts, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So it might be one of those years to go out and get some of those veterans uh, if you can. Well, let's talk right, about now the, that we're talking about that, let's uh, let's talk about rookies. Let's talk about, talk about rookies about from rookies. this year's class. Jamar yeah, Gibbs, 310 points. Devon A-Chain, 252. Tajay Spears, 206. Zach Charbonnet, 151. And Julian McLaughlin, big surprise, uh, 130. So, rookie surprise. Who was your biggest surprise for, uh, out of these rookies this year, JT? Uh, the biggest surprise for me, and I think for a lot of people, uh, was Devin A-Chain. Uh, he just, I, the guy has home run speed. I thought Miami was a great landing spot with him with the offense they run. I thought, hey, this guy, I honestly, this is what I said preseason. I said, this guy is going to be phenomenal best ball back. If you can get him on a best ball team, you're going to absolutely love him because he is going to win you some weeks when he just has some explosive monster runs or catches for huge touchdowns. That was my evaluation. I didn't think that he could go all game where they would give him a bunch of touches constantly. Well, they did. When he was healthy, that was the big issue with him. When he was healthy, he was a great play. He finished as uh, RB27 overall, despite only playing in 10 games, like significant time in 10 games. He kind of got a slow start. He had a couple games where he only got one or two carries. But the 10 games that he actually got significant playing time, RB27, he finished third in our league in average points per game. So that tells you when he was actually in games, the guy was lights out. He averaged more than 24 points a game in our league. Third overall in points per game. 27th if you go the whole season. You know, obviously we said he missed some games. He's banged up with injury. He didn't start the first couple games of the year. But man, I did not see that type of production coming from him. I mean, just phenomenal. He he was a winner for if you had him in your lineup on those, some of those big weeks. He absolutely won you weeks. Week three first Denver. He scored 70.60 fantasy points in one week. 70. Seven zero points. 18 rushes for 203 yards. Uh a, a le- he had two touchdowns, and then he also had four receptions for 30 yards and two touchdowns. Four touchdowns and over 200 yards rushing in that game. I mean, that was crazy to watch that game unfold. It was kind of like somebody spent three first round draft picks to trade for Devin A. Chain right after that game. Like, yes, I need this quarterback for the future. Didn't really produce. I mean, no, then he got hurt. And when these speed guys have injuries, you know, it clogs up the, the, the things up pretty good, but he had only two more, uh, you know, RB four week with 30 points versus Washington and an RB eight week for in week 17 versus Baltimore. But other than that, that that huge game week week three game was obviously the uh that would be on anybody's highlight reel for I mean that's that's a that's a life once in a lifetime game for almost any running back so but uh RB you know yeah but if you look down the, the seat he had uh that obviously he was RB one that week the 70 points very next game he puts up 34 points he's RB four next game 33 points he's RB four then he gets banged up with injury he ends up missing five straight games 
Uh, plus, you know, they had a, a bye week in there. Actually, he missed six straight games yeah. plus the bye week. And then he came back, and what did he do? RB4, 29.5 points against Washington. So the first legit four games he plays, he's RB4 all four games. Now yeah. it's spread out, but he was all before. Like, great. Then it went down a little bit. He ended up being RB26 with 15 points against Tennessee. The Jets, he ended up being RB31 with 11 points. Dallas was his only game that he wasn't at least right on that verge of RB1 or 2. Was He had, uh, had uh, 4.8 points in that game, and so he was RB51 that week. That was the only game he didn't score double digits. And Came back RB8 with 34 points. So, again, a 34-point game, which was fourth some weeks. He was eighth that week because everybody blew up, but he's still with 34 points. And then the final game of the regular season, 15 points was RB17. So, like I said, when the guy played, he was a beast. He had a 70-point game. And, excuse me, uh, if you count the commanders 29.5, he basically had another four 30-point games on the list and he only had one single digit game in games that he actually got full on playing time and didn't get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely amazing. So uh, my surprise this year was Tajay Spears. I, I think we, uh, we did rookie evaluations here uh, in the off season last year. And I was, you know, everybody's concerned about this guy. I thought for sure he wasn't going to last because of his knee. You know, he had, you know, like, Oh, his knee's terrible. It's, you know, there's so many concerns and he, I'm so sick of these red flags coming out all the time that echo chamber throughout Twitter and everybody writes about it. And it gets you all kind of like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to stay away from this guy because he's got a bum knee or something's going to happen to him. Cause he's got a bum knee. And man, he had a lot of, a lot of good games this year, man. I I, I can't believe, I thought it'd be the Derrick Henry show. And then, and then, you know, it would be just a handful of passes for Spears. Maybe you get, get a little bit of work. Talk about impressive, man. He had a, a lot of catches this year. I mean, I'm trying to get to his stats right now because my computer just froze, but he yeah, had, I've, got, uh, I've got him pulled up here for you right now. He, uh, this year, he actually had 70 targets. He had 52 catches for 385 yards and a touchdown. And then playing behind Derrick Henry as the backup running back, he still got a hundred carries 453 yards, just missed the 500 mark 4.53 yards per carry, which is phenomenal. And another two touchdowns there. So, Again, a guy, he broke 200 fantasy points overall. He was top 35, so technically he was RB3 range, but he was an RB3 and as a backup. He was a flex play some weeks. Again, I was like you. I was out on him. I saw all the red flags. Everybody said, he's got no ACLs. His knees are, are done skis. And then I saw a couple people said, hey, running backs don't last this long. Maybe you take him and write him into the ground for the next two to three years. Right. I did not take that advice. I should have. I did not go after him, even though I really liked him coming out of college. I thought he was great at Tulane. Um, I over, I overindulged in the the uh, the injury bug issue with him that everybody kept bringing up. I didn't take him anywhere. I was really impressed with him. If Derrick Henry gets moved on, which it looks like he will, man, Taji Spears is going to be somebody a lot of people are going to be buying next year. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> He only had one game over 10 rushing attempts in week 13 versus your Indianapolis Colts. But other than that, seven, nine, six. I mean, he, he, it probably looks like he averaged about seven and a half attempts every other game. But the receptions. He, I mean, he was getting it, like seven to 10 touches a game, which was way more than I think people thought he was going to yes. get. 
and he was pretty productive on the, like I said, he was productive on the touches he got. And if you watch the games, you watch the tapes, the touches he had, he showed flashes. He wasn't just getting easy yards. He he was he was making stuff happen. He looked really good. There's a couple screen passes that he looked absolutely dynamic on. Uh, he was a guy, like I said, I'm 100% with you. He surprised big time uh, this year, and I think he's got a lot of upside moving forward. And the one thing about him for how bad his knees are and everything else, all these guys for COVID, there's so many guys coming out so much older. He's still only 22. He's only 200 so again, pounds, he's, which, which he's is... right at that 200 pound mark. But he, again, he's not like he's already 23, 24, 25. He's 22, you know, a year in. I like him. I, I, I big time surprise for me. Yeah, that was my biggest surprise of the year just because I, I listened to all that BS. But uh, who was your biggest rookie disappointment? So for me personally, I was all over Chase Brown running back out of Illinois and Sean Tucker running back out of Syracuse. Those were two guys I watched a ton of in college. I love their athleticism. I thought they were going to just be really good players. I was shocked that Chase Brown got drafted as low as he did. Uh, I don't think he went till the fifth round uh, to the Bengals. And then Sean Tucker, for anybody who doesn't know, long history. He is he's a guy a lot of people thought was going to be a second round, maybe even third round running back. Had a heart issue at the end of the year. They didn't let him do the combine. He missed out on pro day. All kinds of crazy stuff happened. Eventually he got medically cleared, but it was way too late. Everything had already happened. He ended up going as an undrafted free agent to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought they got an absolute steal. As I said before, I wasn't a Rashad White guy. I thought this is a perfect spot. Sean Tucker's going to come in here midway through the season and take over as RB1. He's going to shock. He's going to be the guy. I thought the same thing with Chase Brown. I said, hey, if Mixon falters at all, or you know, Mixon has an okay this year, year this year, but they let him go next year. Chase Brown's going to be that guy that steps in, has a big year. Now, Tucker non-existent this year. They basically didn't give him any carries. He barely saw the field. I'm not sure what's going on there, but he, hopefully, year two because I've got a ton of them. He gets a little more cho- chances, but he was non-existent. So that was a huge miss by me. Chase Brown, on the other hand, didn't get a ton of carries. But as you saw at the end of the year, they really started to work him into the the offense more, and he started looking impressive with runs, touches, had some big, big, big plays uh, late in the season. He's a guy for the season, didn't have a good year overall, but a guy that I think is a guy that I I like moving forward. He was a big disappointment this year, and then I just thought he was going to be more involved early on. Uh, but I like him moving forward. Sean Tucker, I'm not, I'm very iffy on what's going to happen with him. But Chase Brown's a guy I like. He just was disappointing in that I thought he would take the starting job from Mixon earlier. But Mixon actually had a fairly decent bounce back year after he was just putrid the year before for the Bengals. Putrid is is correct. That's, uh, I, I, I was kind of surprised by that one. And, I'm pissed because I dropped Chase Brown for like a week. Just one of those, like, I got to pick up somebody and I'll pick up Chase Brown again the following week. And somebody snatched him for me. And I'm like, God, yeah, those are, those are the ones, those are the guys you want to hang on to, you know? Yep, exactly. uh, It was mine is my disappointing rookie. uh, I I just, Roshan Johnson. I, I know that I I think the bears were like looking to move on from Khalil Herbert possibly after this year. And they brought in Deonta Foreman to like, you know, supplement the backfield a little bit. And they had to form an end of like stealing the show. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? How is this happening? How Roshan was 
somebody I thought coming out of college was underrated. Like, oh yeah, you know, he's sitting behind B. John, but he's, you know, he's not as good as B. John. And of course he's not as good as B. John. There's only so many guys who are. But if you watch any of his film or saw any of the games he played in, he kind of looked like a like, like a stud, man. And I just he came out week one, scored 20 and a half fantasy points. And I'm like, yes, this is this is what we were hoping for. And then you know, he had the concussion issues and a couple small injuries, and it's like you never saw anything from him again. He was just like a part of the rotation. And it's like I was expecting at some point in time from their breakout game, steal this backfield, and it never happened. And he's a good receiver on the backfield, too. He's a good pass blocker, he does everything very well. But what he didn't do well was be a good fantasy football running back. And that, that's what that's all I gave a shit about. And it's like, dude, how did this happen? How did Rochelle Johnson go from this coveted rookie who people were like, even a rookie draft, people were gonna, were offering me next year's first or, or next year's, a couple next year's seconds for Rochelle. I'm like, no, I'm not going to pass up the early down, early years of a big running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's 225 pounds. He's, I mean, he's not lightning fast, but he's fast. He's going to be on the field a lot because he can pass block. He can receive. He's a good pass catcher. It just completely dropped the ball on on, on his fantasy football. Like, hopefully next year he gets a bigger opportunity. But I, I'm not sure when, when you're getting beat by Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert. I, I don't know what's wrong. The Bears obviously know something that we don't know because they they're a pretty good team and they're not they're not very good at quarterback position, but they're really good at linebacker and running back, just historically wise. And Roshan just did not seem to fit in this system at all. Yeah, the biggest problem, Roshan, again, he's another guy I was expecting a lot more out of this year. His best fantasy game was week one, which is shocker as a rookie. That That is his best game. He was RB1 week one. Uh, he had 20 and a half points, was RB12. He had five carries for 20 yards and a touchdown and six catches for 35 yards. That was his top performance of the year. He didn't hit double digits again until week 12 which he ended up being RB21 that week. That was his most carries of the year. He got 10 for 35 yards, and then he went up with five catches for 40 yards. And then again, till the end, uh, week 17 against Atlanta, ended up being RB18 with 16 points. He had seven carries for 21, his second touchdown of the year, and then three catches for 38 yards. So he's definitely a guy who can catch, he can do some stuff. But like you said, a little disappointing. I thought he would get more work, especially after that nice little opening in week one against Green Bay. He kind of just kind of got lost in the system. He did miss uh, two games with an injury, so he didn't play a full slate. Uh, but I thought they would use him a lot more. Hopefully, the Bears are going to figure out how to get him more in that system. So he ended up fishing as uh, – uh, you know, way down the list. He had 8.4 points a game. Um, yeah, he was he was in the 50s in, in uh, overall scoring. So it just it didn't quite have the the rookie year. I think most people were hoping for. No, <clears throat> no, no, no. So what is uh, if you're looking to buy somebody in 24, 2024, like we already talked about before, not a really good incoming rookie class. Who's your uh, top buys for 2024? Let's just name a couple of them. Yep, I won't go deep into it. Uh, Tajay Spears, I think, is a is a big buy. How much it's going to cost you is the question. Uh, you know, we just th- talked about him a lot. I like him a lot. Another guy, if you're willing to spin up a little bit, if you got somebody that's disappointed in what's going on, Najee Harris. Najee Harris took a ton of hate this year. People were ripping him. Oh, he's not a good running back. Jalen Warren should start over him. Uh, he's much better than him. I thought they were a great one-two punch. I thought he should play both of them. Um but Najee Harris got trashed all year in fantasy circles. He still ended up finishing as RB20. 
He had his best yards per carry of his career, 4.06. He had eight touchdowns this year. Uh, he was seventh in the league in rushing yards with 1,035 yards. So that tells you how low the running yards were this year for most leagues. He was seventh with 1,000 yards. Um, biggest issue for him was they didn't involve him in the passing game. He had 70 catches as a rookie. He only had 29 receptions this year. Part of that was because Warren got involved, but their wide receiver is a little bit better as well. Uh, but he's a guy who can catch the football. They just didn't use him that way. I think with, with improved quarterback play, a new offensive coordinator. The line was great at the end of the year, and they really, really, really started using Najee the way everyone thought they would do at the end of the year. As he really piled it on last two weeks of the season, 37.9 points against Seattle and 38.9 against Baltimore as he had over 100 yards in both those games. He had four touchdowns in the last three games of the year after having zero touchdowns the first five games of the year. So he's a guy that I'm buying. If somebody's down on Najee, doesn't like him, doesn't like the offense, is just worried about Jalen Warren taking you know carries away from him, I think the Steelers are going to continue to use both guys. Jalen Warren was a nice surprise this year, but I, I like Najee. I'm taking Najee if somebody's out on him. Jalen Warren looked like the better running back at some point, at some times during the season, but – Man, I'm, this is a great one because Najee Harris, uh, when people say the word Najee Harris, people are like, yeah, you know, when you hear. Yeah, people it, think he's disgusting. They're like, oh, he did, he's not a game breaker. He doesn't win you any weeks. He's so blah. And honestly, he was blah the right. first half of the season. But that's also because their O-line was terrible. If you watch their tape, they the blocking concepts, no one know, had knew, no clue, clue what they were doing. They had wide receivers trying to pick up star defensive ends on cutback plays. It was just terrible concepts. I mean, yeah. Najee was getting hit the second he touched the football. The sec There's so many plays where he made three-yard gains out of plays that should have been a one- or two-yard loss. I mean, he played way better than I think people realize. And when he got a little bit of space at the end of the year, he started making rooms. Now, I love Jalen Warren. He was second in the league behind CMC in rushing yards. Uh, rushing yards per carry, that's another thing CMC led the league in, yards per carry. Uh, Warren was number two, and I think Warren's a really good back. But the fact that people think that Warren should be the number one, I look at it like Dallas last year, Zeke with Pollard. Pollard was that great secondary back that they could use him as like, you know, screen passes, a little bit of different change of pace. That's how Warren is. Warren's a great change of pace from Najee. But if you had just Warren, I do not think you'd see the amount of production for the amount of touches that Warren's giving you right now for the for the Steelers. I just don't think it happens. I think it's a great one-two punch. I don't think Najee loses the starting role at all. And I do think Jalen Warren's a great, you know, flex play for you with Najee. But Najee, if people are hating on him, they want Warren. They think he's out as a as a starting running back. I like him. I still think Najee can be a Q, uh, RB one in this league. Yeah, I um, Najee Harris would be able to survive without Jalen Warren. I don't think Jalen Warren would be able to survive the rigors of a season without Najee Harris. So yes, I agree. Yeah, my 
buys. Uh, we already talked about Chase Brown, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse there. But uh, another one I like is Jerome Ford. I'm not really sure that Nick Chubb will come back. On, I, I'm not sure Nick Chubb comes back until like it'll probably be starting next year on a pup list, missing the first like six or seven games. It's, that was a brutal, yeah. brutal injury. It's brutal injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, yeah, just tons. I mean, he tore more than just one thing. He had multiple, multiple injuries. Dude, I I like what you said. Ford looked good this year. Don't want to steal your segment here, but yeah, I like I like Ford too. I think you're right on this one. Kareem Hunt looked pretty good. Uh, I think it's a good combination, but I, I'm not sure Kareem Hunt's going to be coming back. I think he wants to come back. I, I think he likes it in Kansas City. I think Kansas City likes him too, but I'm not sure though. You know, he might be asking for too much money, but a Jerome Ford could could definitely weather the, weather this by himself as far as you know being the lead back here. I love Jerome Ford uh, coming out of college. He was somebody I like, and man, it's it's been a couple of years. He's been waiting for his chance, and it just mm-hmm. didn't happen. So now he got his chance. He showed that he's a good running back. I just think towards the end of the season, he's wore down a little bit. I feel like next season he'll come in expecting to get made possibly a full workload or being the lead back and be prepared for the rigors of an entire NFL season as a, as a lead back. And I don't think even when Chubb does come back next year, I think they're going to ease him in the second half of the season, not uh-huh. just throw him to the wolves right from the get go. But uh, Jerome Ford is someone I, I, I think people are down on right now, you know, possibly rightfully so because of fantasy stats, but a drone forward is something I'm buying right now. I'm, a, a, absolutely. Yeah. John, who are your cells? Who, who are the guys that you, you want to, if you, you get a chance, you can move them. Travis Etienne is one of my cells. I think he had a, a very good season this year. Uh, started out uh, pretty hot. And it just, as the season went on, just people were, buckets of water were getting thrown on this fire of, of, of Travis Etienne. And I'm not sure he is the, uh, I, I don't know how to say the, like, I'm not sure he's the future of the franchise, to be honest with you. I don't think that he's going to be he's a great receiver out of the backfield, but he as as a, he had a good good week 17. But man, I, I just it, it felt like he wasn't the same Travis Etienne this in the second half of the season because he was always in the top five almost every week up until like the, the bye week, and then all of a sudden it, that was it. It wasn't the same, Travis. If if you if you would if you would have kept on that that same pace all season long, I think you'd have been a lot happier happy with Travis Etienne. And I think the Jaguars weren't as happy with Travis Etienne uh, on their team as as they were expecting, or, or or kind of were 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 how do you say like they they weren't they didn't have the same. The same continuity for, with him. I yeah. Guess, so for, for yeah, for me, for any, I think it, it became down to, to just touches workload. He got a lot, and that helped him. Um, you look at his carries; he was not even close to as productive. No, you know, per touch this year as he was as a rookie. Uh, he averaged three point seven eight yards a carry this year, Eric, and he averaged five point one one as a rookie. So I mean, that's a huge difference. He goes from over five yards a carry to under three eight. Uh, he ended up with 47 more carries this year than he had as a rookie and ended up with a hundred yes a uh, hundred less rushing yards. Does he feel like the RB3? 47 more carries? What propped him up this year was he had five touchdowns rushing as a rookie. He had 11 this year. So 11 rushing touchdowns really propped him up. And then wide receiver wise, out of the backfield, he had 73 targets compared to 45 as a rookie. He had 58 receptions. 476 yards and one touchdown. So the 40, 58 catches, 476 yards and a touchdown propped him up. The 11 rushing touchdowns propped him up. That got him up to third. And and for and most people, he finished third in fantasy scoring. In our league, 
He finished second um, overall. So a good year to hate to, to hate on him, but if you're not feeling completely comfortable with him, I agree with you. I think if you could get a good solid price for him, I wouldn't hate moving him. Does he feel like the RB2 or RB3 in a fantasy football league? He doesn't. Like, no. He doesn't. Uh, it, it, uh, yeah, it, it, he doesn't. And I, I like it, Indian. I like him. I liked him coming out of college. I was really him and him and Najee Harris were like one, two for me. I was like kind of back and forth on those guys. Liked them both a lot. Um, I know he outscored Najee this year. I'd be buying Najee and selling it yes. if I could. Yes. I think I could just get better value uh, there. Um, so I totally agree with you. Uh, your other guy, uh, tell me the other one. And I think, you know, we talked about him earlier already. Kyron Williams. I, yeah. I don't want to beat a dead horse here either. Uh, same thing. But like I said, he's going in the end of round one. It's uh-huh. maybe gone like off. Yep. Hey, so somebody wants to take him right now. Have at it, man. I, I like Kyron Williams, but I, I think he's reached the pinnacle of his career this season. That's not going to happen again. So he's a sell for me. How about yourself? Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's really tough because the running back market is so weird right now. Uh, with you either have young guys I think are overrated and you, you're going to have to pay a ton for, and then you've got some older guys, you're not sure where they're going to end up, you know, the end of their career, how much do you want to give up for them? So I think running back buy sells big really depends on if you're in the mix going for a championship or you're in rebuild. I think that's huge. Probably the guy I'm trying to sell is uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, another solid season for KC. I just net, I just don't see any of these guys ever being like top end RB ones, even middle of the road RB twos uh, in that Kansas City system. I just don't think it's going to work out. If you got somebody that loves him, he was a pretty big sell. People were buying him heavy last year for a pretty hefty price. Uh, so if I can get something solid for him again, I'm probably moving him. Um, and then if if I need, you know, draft capital and I want to maybe move some older players off my team, I'm probably looking at Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry. Those are probably the guys I'm looking to move for somebody that's a contender that's like, hey, man, I'm a running back away from having a real shot at the championship. If I can get some draft capital for those guys, if I'm not in it, even if I am in it, if I can get decent draft capital, uh, where I can maybe get a second rounder, you know, Camaro maybe will get you a late first and something extra. Henry, you're probably going to be hard to get a first for most people now, depending on his running back situation. Heck, if he ends up on someone like the Ravens, you might be able to get a first for him because, you know, they love to pound the rock and he would be great in that situation. But there's a lot of high end wide receivers in this rookie class. I would love to get an extra pick in the second round. So I wouldn't mind moving uh, either of those guys. Yeah, especially when Antonio Gibson ends up being in uh, New Orleans next year when Kamara gets cut. It's going to be fantastic. That's another spot where he would be fantastic. <laughs> Actually, I think he could put up just the production, same production as Kamara, and he's, uh, I think, three years younger. Yeah. So. so, all right. Well, that did it for our running back show. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm John Glenn, 75 on the X. Um, thanks for uh, tuning in. JT, where can everybody find you at? Find me on the X at JT Orange, and you can check out my show. Uh, I'm the host of The Stew with JT Brew on Dynasty Pros Football youtube channel later everybody thanks a lot for tuning in we'll talk to you later right got wide receivers and tight ends coming up next later <laughs>